Hike Horror Show. Hello, my name is Richard, and this is the Pike Horror Show, the only podcast that was burned onto a CD and then launched into space using a very large slingshot just so aliens could listen to it. As you may or may not know, the Pike Horror Show is a show that prides itself in being about all things horror. So far on the show, we've talked about horror in a more traditional sense, in more traditional mediums. Things like movies, books, video games. But that doesn't mean those are the only mediums you can experience horror in. Any type of expression or art form or media has some type of horror variation. This week we're going to be looking outside the typical horror scope and looking into the scariest place of all. The internet. More specifically, reddit.com. And even more, more specifically, the r slash no sleep subreddit. Now, the no sleep subreddit describes itself as being a place for redditors to share their scary personal experiences. And while it does say personal experiences, most of the posts on the website are fiction. Or some variation of a creepypasta. And instead of that being like a fancy Stephen King spaghetti, creepypasta is kind of a bastardization of creepy and copy-paste. This comes from early internet where people would create a scary story and then you would find it copy and pasted all over the internet. Or any kind of story. But that's just copypasta, not creepypasta. But whether it's real or creepypasta, or something completely different, one of the rules on the No Sleep subreddit is everything is true here, even if it's not. Which I think is a great way to invite both actual personal experiences and works of, like, believable fiction. Or plausible fiction. All of this is in quotations. Although I assume the real experiences get sort of buried in these fantastical experiences. I assume, oh, I saw a spook or specter within my home is not as interesting as a quote-unquote real alien experience. And that leads me to today's topic, which is a, I would describe a pretty famous story on the No Sleep subreddit. The post was made approximately seven years ago by the user Search and Rescue Woods. The title of the post is, I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell. And not to speak to the validity or reality of the post, but what an unassuming title. I don't remember when I first read it, but it has stuck with me ever since. So for this episode, I thought it might be fun to just kind of read through it. That way you, the listener, can experience it sort of like an audiobook. And I get to revisit a story that I like, but don't really remember. I'm a little under the weather, so my voice is a little strained, but I'm going to power through it. For you. Because you're worth it. But without further ado, here is I Am A Search and Rescue Officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I Have Some Stories to Tell. Posted by user Search and Rescue Woods from the r slash no sleep subreddit. As read by me, Richard, host of the Pike Horror Show. I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. I have a pretty good track record for finding missing people. Most of the time they just wander off the path, or slip down a small cliff, and they can't find their way back. The majority of them have heard the old stay-where-you-are thing, and they don't wander far. But I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons cases I get called on. The first was a little boy who was out berry picking with his parents. He and his sister were together, and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time both kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, 
and when we asked where her brother was, she told us that he'd been taken away by the bear man. She said he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet, that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man, and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in the area. The little girl was so insistent that he wasn't a normal man, but that he was tall and covered in hair, like a bear, and then he had a weird face. We searched that area for weeks. It was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to the mother, the daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest, and she'd never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name, before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere, and we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where she could possibly have gone, because neither her mother or grandpa saw her come down. A few times, I've been out searching with a canine, and they've tried to lead me straight up cliffs. Not hills, not even rock faces. Straight, sheer cliffs with no possible handholds. It's always baffling. And in those cases, we usually find the person on the other side of the cliff, or miles away from where the canine had led us. I'm sure there's an explanation, but it's sort of strange. One particularly sad case involved the recovery of a body. A nine-year-old girl fell down an embankment and got impaled on a dead tree at the base. It was a complete freak accident, but I'll never forget the sound her mother made when we told her what had happened. She saw the body bag being loaded into the ambulance, and she let out the most haunting, heartbroken wail I'd ever heard. It was like her whole life was crashing down around her, and a part of her had died with her daughter. I heard from another SAR officer that she killed herself a few weeks after it happened. She couldn't live with the loss of her daughter. I was teamed up with another SAR officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get to where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevice with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. And I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine, and when he'd gotten to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment, and was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night, climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible muffled screams. That story bothered the hell out of me. I'm glad I wasn't there to hear it. One of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large, rotten log. She was missing her shoes and pack, and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries, and we were able to get her to walk back with us to base ops. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking us why that big man with black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to base, the more agitated this woman got. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest, saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. It was almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. When we were within sight of base ops, the woman turns to me, and her eyes are about as wide as I could imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, He says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden under my collar. 
and I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she said that, I heard that weird coughing right in my ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to ops, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say I was really happy when we left the area that night. This is the last one I'll tell, and it's probably the weirdest story I have. Now, I don't know if this is true in every SAR unit, but in mine, it's sort of an unspoken, regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other SAR officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point we've all gotten so used to it, it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles, at some point we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told, very emphatically, that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. I have a lot more stories, and I suppose if anyone's interested, I'll tell them tomorrow. If anyone has any theories about the stairs, or if you've seen them too, let me know. Thank you so much for listening to this debut episode of Richard Reads on the Pike Horror Show. If this kind of episode is something you want to hear again, let us know. There are a lot of stories posted on Slash No Sleep, and even some written by the same author about the same kind of things. And if you want to reach out to the show for feedback or suggestions, the show's Twitter and email are in the description. I look forward to hearing from you. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow wherever you listen. But if you can't wait, there's a lot of great episodes that are already posted. So I don't know, maybe you could listen to those episodes while you're waiting for new episodes. But regardless, thank you so much for stopping by, and I hope you come back real soon. Anyway, my name is Richard, and this is the Pike Horror Show. <laughs>